This episode of The Moment is sponsored by Braintree. If you're working on a mobile app and searching for simple payment solutions, check out Braintree. With one simple integration, you can offer your customers every way to pay, period. To learn more and for your first 50,000 in transactions, fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com slash moment. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. My guests today are Big J Overson and Dan Soder, the rare two-guest uh, episode of the show. Yeah. I think I've done it two other times. It's a part two for each guy, and really it's the, the long-promised part two with Big J. But it's interesting. So Dan Soder was 12 minutes late. <laughs> and it's so funny how your reputation in life precedes you because Dan's 20, 12 minutes late we're just like well the train must have been there or someone must oh, have gotten yeah. his way meanwhile if Jay Jay if you were 12 minutes late Dan would have just been like I mean this is what I'm talking about <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> I would do is, this is see this is the problem no I don't think I would do a, this is what I'm talking about I would do like I would already have prepared for it so I would have been like, I got his iced chai latte. Have like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you would have, have compensated. Yeah, I would have had his drink ready. Uh, like, you know, a good partnership. That's like what my you got to do. Yeah, I just, <laughs> no, I got your like, booby ready. <laughs> no, that's like, because you know, it's like handling like the step, you know what your stepdad's going to be late. Listen. What he wants to drink when he gets home. Yeah, I'm sure like, you know, over the years they've learned Keith Richards probably is going to show up by the second break. So they got the guitar <laughs> tuned. They got the cigarette ready to be lit. And they're like, when Keith shows up, hey, he'll jump right he's in. Ready with to solo. go. He's just jumping right in. Yeah, well, Jay showed. You know, Jay showed up early, ready wow. to go, just like totally prepared. He's got bits written out. Ready to go, dude. <laughs> I tried to call you to do these bits, but you said you were too busy on the trains. Yeah. You, you were just my... like, I'll, I'll wing it. <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got him on the floor like song titles. He's <laughs> yeah, like with set lists. Hey, we're gonna do tomato juice next. <laughs> so when we did this, uh, so Dan. Uh, was on then you were on the show very early like yes. you were one of the first i think 10 guests on on the show or something yeah like that. You, you tried to get me to uh it was it was one of those moments where i knew exactly what you're doing you're try, he was trying to get me to admit that i was ashamed i was on guy code but i was still receiving checks so i had oh. to do the very political move like i'm not tied to the oil company where i'm like <laughs> we're gonna clean that part of the world up uh, right Wait, after is that, that what you think you did? Oh, I didn't avoid it. No, there's a reason not, I was. That's yeah. not what you did. Well, there was a reason I wasn't on the next season, and I was <laughs> I mean, like, I wonder if it was the moment. I didn't care though. I mean, I mean you totally trashed the show yeah. and what it meant to you. And really, I think I said like, if you could be on Guy Code and recognize, because some guy, well, you and I were together the night before, and some guy had recognized you from it. And I go, nice. You mean some child? <laughs> and I basically said, if, if you could write one good punchline or be on that show for the next two years getting yeah. checks, and you were like, oh, the punchline. Punchline, easily. But but then, so Dan, we had this fun time, and uh, on that episode, we covered the fact that we've been friends since like the day you moved to New York yeah. when we met. But Big J, it was the one podcast I've done where, where by the end of it, uh, I felt defeated in that I couldn't turn it around. <laughs> and give make at least the guest or like the audience feel a little bit better, and so I kind of said like we'll do a part two, and Jay will be happier. And then I get <laughs> tweets like every day from somebody saying like, "Is Jay okay? And is he coming back?" <laughs> People love the the response they, from that episode was fantastic. Yeah, I said I always say you did the the coolest thing. It was so funny that when it was over, uh, we were walking to the train together. And he goes, uh, he goes, hey, by the way, if, uh, I won't release it if you don't <laughs> don't want me to release it. And I was like, no, come on. If anybody, if I knew somebody cried on a podcast, a friend of mine, and they were oh. like, yeah, I had him bury it, I'd be like, come on, man. 
You I, can't rob the world of that. Do you see all the stuff it spawned? Did you see like the videos everybody made? Yeah, it's, about I, mean, it's, me? I mean, it was so funny. You started a, a whole movement in the comedy scene to just trash Jay for crying on the podcast. Oh, yeah. no, it's one of the most satisfying accomplishments. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, of it, my life, it's, it's, I think. My daughter knows. I was, uh, <laughs> my, I was in the middle of that. You caught, like, I talked to both of you after the podcast, and it was so funny because, like, you called me and you're like, yeah, man, uh, Jay. Jay, I don't know, Jay kind of broke down today on the podcast. I was like, is he all right? And then I talked to Jay and you're like, I talked to Jay's just like, oh man, I, I cried. You guys, are, we're going to play it on Legion of Skanks. That's exactly where I was like, oh yeah, it was just so funny to that see like, yeah. I yeah, knew it was gonna be great. where it was going to go. What was great about it is um, listening back to it is in the midst of all that, Brian was still running PC police on me because at one point I was like gay and he goes, let's not use it like that. Yeah. And I'm really, I, go, I go, sissy. And he goes, yeah. No, it's not second either. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brian, we're having a moment here. No, I, it was great. Yeah, because, no, it did feel a little like uh, like uh, I had given you the left hook, and you, as you were going to the ground, you were already going to fall. I had to just give you a couple short rights yeah. as you were yeah, falling. that's hilarious. Right as you were that's going to the ground. That's my family at yeah. the press conference. Yeah, exactly. Cop- Koppelman did this, the World Star Hip Hop stomp, where you're like, he's <laughs> out. He's out. Stop <laughs> it. You're not accomplishing anything. I had to give you just the can, one more. Can I, we were using a fight analogy, but I, yeah. I, I saw a fight happen last night uh when i my left? daughter yeah it was over at the comedy cellar oh. um it was just that front of the thing but it was uh I, I won't give names of anything or anything like that it was no no one you know involved that that, that really makes a difference to tell uh, names of anything but there was a just a scrap outside and i had between weird... two comedians no no it was a comedian and a uh person in the audience they got into it somehow okay we have to just do like uh we have to be able to figure out who the comedian is Oh, I'll just tell you. I don't know if the if the club wants like okay. names and stuff like that out there. That's why. They, well, look. I, obviously, I went to go talk about it on stage five minutes later, and yeah. they were just like, "They're like, please don't, like, please don't talk about it at all," because it got like squashed, and it kind of everybody went their own way. But it was uh, it was very bizarre. I'm curious what your take on this is, because I think he's gotten some weird kudos today, and it's someone that I like. But the the comic yelled and like not yelled, but like went at it with the people in the audience. Yeah. They ended up getting kicked out. Now, I heard they I'm were- I'm not going to try to figure out who it is, but does this comic have a television show? No, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. In fact, he's a- uh... Is he a host? No, no. He's a comic, but he's uh, he's visiting New York from somewhere else. Far away. <laughs> I know who this yeah, is. Yeah, you do. So, uh, he gets into it and uh, with this guy in the audience, and it's, it's two guys, two girls. Oh, that Australian guy. <laughs> he gets to know whether they kick him out whether it was deserved or not I don't know the the bouncers seem to think it was not a thing do you know what I mean that it wasn't something that should have been like they should have been kicked out uh, you know I guess the comic felt differently they were outside whatever when it was all over the, the comic came off stage and the bouncer said to him he's like that guy's outside waiting for you just so you know and he went right out and it was Im- immediate the The guy from the audience was wrong. Threw came up, threw a punch right away, just cracked him in the face. That was first blow thrown, and then it became like a heated thing. Did you, and they, and did they, you get in the middle of it? They got into a scrap. Well, I, my daughter was there with me. My twelve year old daughter, first time ever staying with me in the city. So she loved funny. it. I mean, she's you know we're all voyeurs in that kind of regard. So yeah, but, but me, her, in her eyes, your life is Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, hanging out at comedy clubs. Yeah. I'm trying, yeah, to clean, yeah. I'm, trying to clean, I'm, try, I'm trying to clean up my set for a 12 year old girl and uh so they start going at it and it's, it's pretty intense like they're going at it and another comic who i won't name as i said before i love him it's it's a guy who i like very much but uh he's gotten kudos for this just started 
wailing on the guy yeah. who was mixed up in the fight. Like the, the guy, and again, he threw the first punch, the guy. Another comic started wailing on the patron. And the, yeah, and yeah. It really, it's all from behind and now, all just flush shots. And I'm like, well, now you turn this into a jumping. Like the guy went out, like he said, the bouncer told him, the guy's outside, it's going to happen. You know, like don't, if you go out there, this guy's waiting for you. And he went right out there to do it. And then so it's like the blinds, and then he got a little bit of kudos for it where I'm like, you would have rather him going like sort of right in the front, in the middle of it, like th- no, here, no. Here's exactly what I think should happen. The same thing I did. They ended up on the ground, and the guy, the patron, was choking the comic. Um, I think the comic got the most licks in, but again, it ended up being like a two on one at some point. What was really funny was the guy's girlfriend was just, and they were like you know trashy, like goofy ghetto people, but like, and they were the girl was like hanging on to the fight, his girlfriend, and she was just catching collateral face kicks like over and over again. She just kept getting nailed in the face. The guy had a little cut on his head, which I think because the the comic had rings on, I think it's all that was. I know exactly. It it seemed not much damage uh, either of them took, but it was very aggressive and violent. Does that make sense? No one seemed to get hurt, but it was very loud and just meaty. uh, So what I did was uh, I went over and like, I removed the guy's hand from the comic's throat. Like that was my, and, they, and they pulled him apart. That's like that's what we all should have done. Yeah. Like I don't get the. I mean, really, you know, a guy who apparently you know claims and, and, and says like can can fight. You know what I mean? Like apparently has been like you're saying through through a haymaker from behind. The, I mean, I mean, it was like a full blown like yeah that's, yeah it was that's I don't know shot. it was weird man it really weirded me out I I don't know if I would bring it up to him ever maybe it's not really my. Uh, well, my thing, thing Soder's language is. is more like a heel. You think it's more like a heel move? That's a total heel turn. Pro wrestling, even if you're right, move, absolutely. Look, look, I love Soder. If Soder was in an outside scrap, that's with, not true. Uh, this uh, is not true. What you're about to okay. say? No way. You wouldn't come up by if, if guys punch in a one on one. In a one on one thing, what I'm telling you, what I'll do is. I'll grab the guy. Right. Now, sure. if Dan gets his few licks in because I'm holding the guy. Yeah. And that's not, just the benefit of, that the, is, you, of you, knowing you, people. Yeah. But I would never come up behind that. Just short of a guy, literally, like, he's going to kill, like, you know, yeah. if a guy's going to stomp on his head or something, like, I'll dive in there. But just from two guys going at it, weird thing to just start throwing punches, and yet, man. And yet, when Tommy gets that pen out, casino. Yeah. You're rooting for Tommy. You you like Tommy when he kills, yeah. When yeah. Tommy when Tommy gets the the uh, you do you root for him. You even like you even in Goodfellas you like De Niro stomping out Billy Bats. But wait in in Casino what's his name Dan? It's not Tommy. Uh, it's um his name is not Tommy. In no, it's Tommy. I mean, it's Tommy Goodfellas. It I mean it's is, such uh, a such Nikki, a radically different. Yeah, Nikki. Nikki. I mean listen, Nikki Scar is such a radically different performance <laughs> than <laughs> than he does in Shades different. In Guys different. got range. Yeah. yeah, it's a radically different performance. <laughs> Remember for when sure. Tommy was the superintendent in another movie? Yeah. yeah. No, but um, but you root for. I mean, when he takes the first takes the pen out. Yeah, you like. Well, it. look, you're. That's our shitty side. That's our. Listen, like, the movie The Devil's Rejects. That's the beauty of that. Uh, you know, for uh, anything you can make fun of Rob Zombie's directing skills or his choices or whatever. He, uh, The Devil's Reject, I think, is the, such a perfect movie because it's somehow by the end it, it, you're fooled to like think these horrible murderous villains are like the heroes of the thing. You're like rooting for them to get away. I don't know uh, that. Mo- I've never watched that movie. It's a great I don't movie. know. I, but but I would never mock. Rob Zombie. I mean, because you go back and listen to the first two White Zombie albums. Oh, he's amazing. I love Rob Zombie. I mean, that yeah. guy was not, <laughs> that guy understood like, really was part of changing music in a certain way, sure, and he yeah. understood like that whole next movement in speed metal and mm-hmm. combining it with 
uh, punk and new Industrial wave that got yeah, yeah noise. It's White Zombies albums, the two first White okay. Zombie albums. I went on tour like, with uh, Rob Zombie yeah. before. He's amazing. I was thinking. I, I, I mean, I think I think he's amazing. We got to back up though, sure. because I want to get into there are a few things we have to cover. We have to cover what happened to the comic strip, mm-hmm. which is kind of actually like. If someone doesn't have the context of that when they're hearing you talk about that fight, they're missing something. Because you just were in the middle of defending another comedian. But I also want to say that the subtext of the podcast you and I did, Jay, was about your frustration, in a way, like your, and you guys talked about this a little, you guys have a show on Sirius called Bonfire. Yeah, the Bonfire. It's on Monday and Wednesday uh, on- Sirius XM Channel 95, Comedy Central Radio. And that you guys have together. But part of your frustration and part of what, uh, reduced you to a crying, uh, blubbering mess was <laughs> the um, the struggle the two you had to come together to do this show. I don't. I think it was. I don't know if it was a struggle as much as it was Jay being patient with my representation, saying no to the contract. That's what it was. It was Jay's. I think it was Jay. Uh, from my perspective, it was Jay's frustration with not understanding why I wasn't saying yes to this contract. Yeah, I mean, I think when I got upset, it was, like I said, it was very specifically, the thing was, I just jumped, it wasn't even frustrated. The, 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 the teary, I wasn't frustration with Dan or his camp or anything like that. It was, uh, the tears came from, I told my, I said people who like cared about, like my mom. Yeah. Like I called them and told them I was like, this thing's in the books, man, for this much money. Because Dan and me are both like, uh, we're not the business guys. We're the yeah. innocence of the situation. So Dan was equally excited at the contract, that what we were told. And we were both almost like, done deal, bro. Yeah. This thing's in the books. We're going with this. And then when I went back to my people, they were like, sounds awesome. Like, you know, let's, let's do it. And then when Dan went back to his people, they just had a different reaction to it. So then Dan's got to come back and he's got to follow what they believe is in his best interest. So I have no problem with that. Uh, I mean, it was frustrating. I said it was definitely frustrating, but I mean, I, I never like... I was never like Dan, like 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 fuck Dan. He's an ass. like never. Yeah, there, I don't think we it was ever, never anything like that. It was a really a situation. It was like, come on, man, let's do it. But but that that if you say frustration at best, it was like that. The tears were because I just told people that cared that I was going to be fine financially. So, so do you think you were like embarrassed? Was it an embarrassing like sort of? Yeah, and then to be like, oh, that's not happening yeah. at all. Yeah, I just remember thinking like the way that I came to know you, Jay, was because of Dan. Like, yeah. and Dan always talking about how much uh, he like respected you and you know you were a big influence absolutely and then there was in that weird that and you were kind of like he was in a certain way in New York like a protege of yours Mm -hmm. and then in that dynamic because of sort of where at that one snapshot of a moment his representative saw his career and yours saw yours it was there was a slight imbalance for a second sure 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 and um, you know that must have and now that it's all kind of resolved in a different way you both have one hour specials you're about to do for Comedy Central yeah, yeah. you have the show but um, how did after we had that conversation did it help you guys to then because I did we and I sat down a couple times afterwards yeah. Dan and we talked a couple times did you guys end up talking about it like I mean, in the weeks afterwards Jay and I talked about it all the time yeah. and I think Jay understood that and it's funny because there's people on Twitter and it, the, I don't really get mad when people say I'm not funny or when people say like when people talk shit, but when people like accuse me of trying to hurt my friend, <laughs> that infuriates me beyond a level where they're like, uh, finally Dan got his diva attitude together. It's like, you don't know what <laughs> yes. was going on in my life. You had no clue that there was a literal point where they told me the pilot you're working on with this producer from a show that you're a huge fan of, you will have to kill that right now if you sign this contract. 
And it was like, no, I don't. I believe in the show, but I knew Jay and I's show was so good, it was going to get on the air no matter what. But it was just very hard to keep being like, because we had this guy that we talk about, Cool Dad, who works yeah. at Comedy Central. We don't give him his name. He'd come to Jay and I and he'd be like, it's going to work out. We got Soder. Uh, he can do you know the show he's writing right now. Everything will be okay. Everything's going to be fine. And then three days later, my agent would be like, that's not true. It's not fine at all. It's yeah, not fine it's at not all. Fine. In fact, now there's more weirder restrictions in a certain way. Let's take, for instance, Billions. Yes. Um, I had had a couple callbacks. Yes. And oh, oh, yeah, the Showtime show that I'm making right now. Yes. And, and while that was going through, and they were like, my lawyer was like, you'd have to kill any chance of that. You would have to give them. It was like all this weird contractual stuff where I was like, I don't understand this. This is why I have you guys. And then at the same time, it's like being told bad news, and then I got to go tell Jay bad news when I don't even really know what it means. So there's this weirdness. That's what happened. And we ended I think like we had about about a week. We never fought. No. We never fought about this at all. We had a week of like snippy yep. text. Yeah, you I heard feel, you guys talk about it briefly. Feel, where you could hear like the, just the tone of the text really had sort of a thing. It's like, all right, dude, my guess, you know, well, I don't know. It seems to be all your decision. So, we'll, we'll, <laughs> you know, but, and stuff like that that kind of came out. And then after about a week of that, we just had, a, did we meet up? Was that what it was? Yeah. We met up and we were like. Let people in suits figure this out, man. Like me and you play video games. We play video games and talk. But it is kind of like the thing where there's like a big brother and a little brother, and then suddenly you get a little older, and like you guys are were more on equal footing. And I like was that hard? I never. I never. Here's the thing: because of the way my career did run, like I've never felt like superior to anyone like that. I think Dan's like a unique talent that should get if he rose above me in in any in every way. I I don't even have a gripe with that. It was it wasn't that. It was uh. It wasn't like, you know, my protege was like, you know, the Jedi was going to strike down his dad or something. It, it, it was nothing like that. It was completely, uh, I, I looked at this on very equal footing. I was just, it was just frustrating. But it seemed like you both had different sort of like underlying theses about what it meant to be, have a, a like what was most important in having a career as a comedian. Because I, like, you, you'd be, you know, in other words, that you sometimes felt like, well, why does he want to think about business so much? And you were like, well, why doesn't he want to think about business so well, much? I, 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 I mean, it was like you know, it was having sure. like a philosophical, di- an actual philosophical difference about what mattered the most. And I think that's an interesting point because I've I'm from the perspective of I've watched guys that I think are I think Jay is one of without a doubt the funniest people on earth. There's a lot of guys I can I can I can get Joe List is one of the guys that I see. I'm like, you're just one of the funniest people on earth. And I've watched them in a weird way get dicked over by not putting down their foot. And then to watch someone, another friend like Amy Schumer, rise with this cutthroat mentality that, not really cutthroat, but this business-like mentality that I don't think I'll ever have. It was kind of like one of those things where I've watched Jay and List go and do these things. I've also watched Amy do those things. So how can I learn from both of those situations? And what I've learned is just get an agent that's cutthroat and then you're out of it and then you don't have to worry about it and you'll get good deals and they'll push you. I I don't know if that's right, but I was just kind of doing that thing. So it was a weird thing where it was kind of like the the only frustration I had on my end, besides being like, God, I have to tell Jay that this thing isn't going. Besides that frustration, the other frustration was being like, the only time we ever got snippy, I was like, all right, Jay, but I'm trying to make it like a good deal. Like it's got to be a good deal because we're worth it. This show is worth it. But yeah, but if uh, it felt like each of you in a certain way and clearly best friends who loved each other and love each other. But I, no, th- there's no one that I love more. Right. Yeah. 
then I, that's clear. But it did seem like there was a little bit of in this one instance, kind of not having a hard time giving each other the benefit of the doubt because it seemed like you were frustrated that he wouldn't just like do it, and you were frustrated that he couldn't like understand. That you you know, but I did understand. I said I just we, that's just like a personality thing that we have different approach on. I think is it's all that is. Like I am very again because I'm older. I'm 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 older than Dan. I'm 38. I've been doing it longer than Dan, and uh, I think I mean yeah, 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 yeah. I'm doing it longer. And uh, so I just kind of had like uh, I felt like the the stall from the camp was off all potentials. Yeah, and but. In all those potentials, I also felt like Dan could, those things could all happen. If he's writing a pilot, I'm sure it's hilarious. I can get picked up. If he's auditioning for uh, SNL, I, I believe he can get it. I believe he will get it. You know what I mean? Like if he, if he yeah. gets ever stuff like that. So, but um, when it was just like all those potential, I'm, I'm like, all right, but in the interim, you know what I mean? Like, and the reality is not that it, it's not even me being right or anything like that. It was for the love of God, if they just would have made a deal that would have got everybody on the page way earlier, the contract would almost be over. I mean, we, <laughs> like, we would- We'd almost be up and, 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 you know, and Dan's not a mega movie star yet. Yeah, so. we'd, be, we'd be two weeks, I mean, two months maybe away from the contract. Yeah. Had, and I think the problem was, it was not Sirius that was making the deal. It was Comedy Central making the deal. and Brand new in the radio. Brand new in the radio. So they were giving me television-like restrictions, us television-like yeah. restrictions on a radio deal where like, it's not a big deal if one of us misses a day. We're funny enough that we can pick it up. We'll figure it out. We have yeah. 11,000 friends who are yeah. the funniest people in the world. Exactly. We know the funniest people. We can bring someone on and do it a different day, but they were like, no, it was these crazy restrictions. And then it kind of took a little bit of that building. I know they were crazy. They weren't crazy restrictions as much as they were completely in their interest. Yes. Do you know what I mean? There was like, there wasn't a lot of uh, give. And it, and it would it'd go back and forth and they'd give a little bit, but it was like. And that's when the money came down was when we were like, hey, can you take off a couple of these like really firm restrictions? And they're like, sure. Then, then fuck your money. And <laughs> yeah, like, each one of those restrictions well, counts for this much money. Yeah, yeah, they start burning it in front of us. There's a G. There's a G. Right. Oh, yes. you want to be a TV star? There's a G. <laughs> You're like, right. I just want to do a show with my friend Jay. <laughs> There's another. And it's like that Irish guilt that I have in my head is like, who the fuck? fuck am I to think that I can hold up contract like negotiations because I want to be like, I just heard my mom when I was 11 in my head being like, who are you? Who are you? And I'm like, ah. so every time I talk to Jay, I'd almost like have this, like, I felt like I was being crushed. That's yeah, how it just, felt. On both we, sides. You felt both it. sides. We just had a thing, but I said, but after like a week of it being like a little, like whatever, we had a talk and, and we said this on our radio show and it just is a. It's the thing that resonated most that uh, of my thoughts with me was even like, I'm like, this is so weird. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the, you know, you date a girl for a year and it's just a magical year, and then you have that first weird fight. You're like, what are we gonna fight about? Yeah. You know, it's like, and we and we're in this thing, and just like when we when we met up, we was like, let's just meet up, let's hang out tomorrow and whatever. And we and he came over. We did a podcast. Yeah, and we were just and we literally went. This is not our friendship. Our friendship is no. I, I don't even get it. I don't even yeah. get what, what to argue with you about. I have no. We don't even have a history of like ups and downs. Like we sit. Our our relationship is based few, like a hundred percent on making each other laugh. It really is. So, I, so it's such. A, it was such a weird uh, thing to be in that we just kind of said like let's let people in suits handle this and me and you and I said worst case scenario, this all falls to hell. 
Let's just we'll start podcasting again. Let's just and take a day right. a week and then and start talking into a microphone. Again. That's how we got this. So that's how the whole thing came about. This episode of the moment is brought to you by Braintree, code for easy online payments. If you're a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. Braintree is the payments solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Muntree. Braintree has made the payment experiences in these apps seamless and magical. And now you can add a similar experience to your own app. With excellent customer service and simple integration, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. Braintree's continuous support plus fast payouts means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billion. Braintree is helping solve the problem of mobile cart abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience. Check it out for yourself. Braintree gives you a full-stack payment solution, support for all payment types your customers might want. Start accepting PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo cards, more, all with a single integration across all platforms with superior fraud protection, customer service, and fast payouts. To learn more, and for your $50,000 in transactions without paying a fee, go to braintreepayments.com slash moment. That's braintreepayments.com slash moment. Coming out of that whole thing, the sort of public way that your dispute ended up getting out there, because then it wasn't just this show, then it was Skanks, then people were tweeting at both of you about it. Was there anything you figured out about your, like, yourself or about him during that process? You know what I did and I realized, I realized number one, that when you have, when you have something so fun, like, like the way Jay and I were just podcasting and making each other laugh in ways that I would call him a couple days later when we were doing when uh, what, uh, our podcast that never got released, we did a thing about Jake the Snake DDTing his fat daughter, <laughs> and I was just in the shower at a hotel just dying laughing, and it made me so happy, and then I saw... The ugly side of it, the business side of it, where money starts getting involved and managers and agents get involved, and it was so gross. And to go kind of through that and build up like a, a pimple of this just disgusting business side of it, and then to pop it, and then Jay and I started doing promos for the show, when everything, and then they're like, guys, it's going to happen. And we start doing this fun stuff. It was like, oh, you know what? In a weird way, that was kind of all worth it to get to here, because now Jay and I, two days a week, just get to make each other laugh in a way that only honest Friends can make each other laugh. But the second thing that I learned is the self to believe in my self worth that I knew how good Jay and I's product was. And I was like, you know what? Keep being firm with these guys. Cause we'll, it's good enough. Someone will pick this shit up cause it's good enough. The power of no Patrice used to always preach that, yeah. but, uh, I think unfortunately he really died before that. I think I think that was just getting ready to pay off for him. Absolutely, and, right. and then he passed away. And what about you? Did for you? Did you feel like you picked like learned anything either about Dan or yourself in going through that? Sure, sure. No, look, I said before, I, I and I always like even in our snippy text like maintained with Dan, I was like. Dude, I think you're like a brilliant, unique talent. Like, I think you're going to get anything <laughs> you want to go out for. Which, by the way, is also coming when you're in a snippy thing with someone, but it's someone that you respect <laughs> and they're complimenting you. You're all, it almost gets worse because you're like, then why do I feel so angry? <laughs> you're like, because sure. we're just snipping. Because at each I would. Other. Because even in, even in like the most like hostile things, like I never felt like like my most vulnerable moment of just being angry at the whole thing 
will just be like, you know, like, why is Dan letting these suits control his mind? <laughs> <laughs> like he's being brainwashed by these people that are good. But then you started to understand. Did you start to understand? Like, do you understand it now? Or do you still not understand? Because it even sounds like I, was I understand. Say, I, I understand if, because, I were, if I was listening to this and I even heard this a little, like where you were like, it's a year later. You know, Dan hasn't become a movie star yet. There's still a little bit of like, not anger, but like you think no. the whole thing was a little. I don't know. Like you felt because I remember the time you felt the thing was like a little. Yeah, but, uh, foolish but was, in a way. It, well, no, it wasn't foolish. I just didn't. I didn't understand what the holdup was. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought it was foolish. I, again, I don't pretend to know more than people in the higher up positions of the, uh, uh, not on a creative side, but just on like a, they know who they know and they know where things are going. They know the talks that are going on. I guess they know more about dancing. What got frustrating about it was like, and again, I've, I've been a victim of it or like kind of like the, the patsy of it myself in that where I say one thing is the way to do it. And then someone else goes, uh, you know, I'm very like, uh, vulnerable to that. Like people saying, like, no, that's yeah, you're absolutely wrong. That's not the way you should do it. And you should do it here and do it there and say this. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I guess you're right. You, you mean know, you're vulnerable to it in that you'll you'll but you I'll kind of you just don't go, change course based on that stuff. It doesn't seem not like. change course, but like uh, slow down. You might want to do it this way uh, uh, instead of going. But but my management knew I was gung ho for this show, and and they were like. Uh, they kind of focused all their thing based off me telling them, like, focus everything on this. I want this to happen. And Soder and me both just had such boyish excitement about the project of doing it. <laughs> yeah. So the thing was, we when I get frustrated, I remember being at a Key Foods one day. It's so funny. <laughs> this guy, I don't know if I even told you I was in a store, but if you remember this conversation at all, it was like, uh, I said to Soder the night before, I'm like, dude, this is so crazy. We're going to get this. And it was the day we found out of like the biggest number we were thrown. It was the day of that. And I was like, dude, this is so crazy, man. Like I go, I go, I, I look, I know you have like a history of being like a radio dude, but I've never done this before. So this is very, very exciting for me. And he goes, and sort of goes, no, no. He goes, this isn't being some radio dude. He goes, this is a, because this is going to be our show, man. This is going to make a big thing. I think it's, and I go, yeah, you're right, dude. We're not just being radio dudes. And then, uh. The next day, I remember being in Kifu's. I was trying to shop for groceries. And uh, Soda calls me up. He goes, yeah, dude, you know, we can't do this thing, man. Like, the contract <laughs> is so restrictive and it's so bad. And he's throwing all those terms. And he goes, plus, man, he goes, look, if we sign this contract right now, he goes, for the next year, we're just going to be radio dudes. And I'm like, you just said yesterday we definitely weren't radio dudes. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going to go buy vegetables and whatever else, not carby. <laughs> I remember that conversation <laughs> because they basically... I was like, dude, this show's going to be great. It's going to be a platform for us to launch out for our stand-up. We're going to get people to come see us. And we're just building all the awesome stuff. And then I get a call from my lawyer that's like, <laughs> man, do you just want to do radio the rest of your life? And I'm like, why would you phrase a question? It's such a lawyer way to phrase a question. And I was like, no. And he's like, then don't sign this contract. And I was like, I mean, Jay and I basically were pitching, picking out matching outfits yesterday. <laughs> it was like one of the worst. It was one of those things where it's like, yeah, we're going to go to the water park. And you're like, the water park's closed. Oh. And you're like, shit, the water park's closed. <laughs> right. And you're like, I can't take you to the water park. It was, this is honestly the most I've ever felt like my father. Like my, <laughs> oh, no. Like, like you're like, yeah. Like, I'm going to pick you up from baseball. You know what, buddy? Turns out I got a drink with Cheryl from United. <laughs> Your mom's going to pick you up. But tell me how you did. And I was like, <laughs> I had that feeling of like, oh, God damn it, I'm a drunk divorced dad. <laughs> Right, which but that's the thing which left the guy who was the the big brother in the whole thing, like yeah, I mean, feel, and that's that's what I was getting at, which was like, 
certainly for a long time, you were, I saw, because I was around him, you know, Dan basically learned the rules of New York comedy and the world of it from you. And then suddenly he was getting this other, and it shifted. And he was like, no, 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 that's not how it is. Well, and it had to feel strange for Jay. I don't think if it was me going, that's how it is. Because I was also learning. It wasn't like I had learned the ropes and was telling Jay. I was kind of learning. Let's see what Mr. Okerson has to say about yeah. it, though. You know, it was never like a jockeying for position of like who's like the higher up versus who's. It, it really was never that. So, no, I never had a thing with that. I just know. I know. Uh, Soder had much more of like a corporate structure behind him than I had. Like my guys, my management and, and agent both were like smaller, not not smaller fish, but just in different like, so, you know, I, like, I was a super artist. Now it's the guy's actually grandfathered me in the CAA and my agent and managers are both great. But I mean, it's just like it was a smaller, it, it, it's more intimate. Like, I don't know, maybe now you do, but I don't know how close your relationship is with, like, the companies you're in. Yeah. To, to talk to people and be like, I can call these guys and be like, yo, dick face. Like, did you make this call? Like, come right. on, dummy. Well, also- And, I, like, and, and, and not that I'd call it belittle anybody, I'm saying, but I'm just, I'm just saying it's much more like, I'm saying that more like in a elbow, like, bumpy kind of way, like, just like, yeah. they're just they're just dudes that I know. They're, they're managers, and, and, and agent is, my agent's fantastic, but I just- uh, I think Soder's got a much more like, you know, every time he's talking to someone, that person's always wearing a tie. <laughs> well, also, <laughs> right. well, the thing is, is uh, kind of just to piggyback off the point Jay's making, the pe- like, I'm lucky enough to have representation where they represent much bigger people with much bigger issues. So the frustration that trickled down to me, that, tr- that definitely trickled down to Jay was their kind of apathy towards the radio show where Jay would call me and go, do your people even want you to do this show? And I'd be like, Jay, I'm telling them every day I want to do this show, but I'm talking to an agent that's like working out a movie deal for an SNL cast member and then getting on the phone with me and I'm like, my radio show. And they're like, yeah, 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 it'll work out. Right. And you're like, yeah, but it's causing friction between me and my friend. <laughs> and they're like, It'll work out. Right. We'll, but we'll the get to awesome it. thing is that, and I think a lot of the thing that I'm interested in learning from too is so from that place, a lot of friendships like would have really blown apart. Because I mean, one of the things you said on that thing was like, you know, first of all, do you have the air conditioning? Did you get yourself the air conditioning finally? Oh, yeah. We just got two great units. You have the units. Oh, yeah. Oh, so then this does have a happy ending. We just tacked that right on to the end of the other pod. Two in. Uh, I should have led with it, that. You have it. That's it would be hilarious if I'm like, not only that, but Jay's starring in his own Apatow movie. <laughs> you know, it's because of my restriction <laughs> releases, he's going to take <laughs> off. But you by have the, the air conditioning. By the way, that's, that is so funny. I forgot that I made that thing. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Like when, I, when we got that offer of money yeah. uh, and Christine, my girlfriend, was like, she goes, where should we store these, you know, ACs? We have a pretty small apartment. Mm-hmm. Like, where do you want to put them? And I was like, well, we, could, we thought of three different places we could put them. I go, oh, you know what? Fuck these air conditioners. Just toss them. He goes, well, we need air conditioners. I'll just throw down money to get two new air conditioners. <laughs> and then I have to, at the moment I, I came in here for this podcast, I was like, I don't know. I'll be able to get air conditioners next year. That was the cry moment. That was the moment you was broke that, down. That is it was the, the air conditioners that well, he couldn't even it's a buy. It's fat man's burden. Can't have AC. <laughs> and ironically, I was at your house playing video games when the air conditioners were delivered. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. I was there. That's oh, hilarious. it's a beautiful moment. It all ties oh, together. Oh, someone should have tweeted it. But, but how did you guys, from that place of like basically, uh, you know, this guy's uh, uh, depriving depriving me of air conditioning. <laughs> I sound, I like that he all of a sudden. He stole Dan Soder, stole right, Soder, my right. air conditioning. Gets, all right, Soder, you know what? We could just go back to being cool, not make a thing about it, and if worst case scenario, we'll just podcast. But 
You're going to owe me two fucking answers. I like in the history of this, I'm going to look back like some tyrant. I'm like, no, let them sleep in hot air. Let him sweat. He'll sweat. He'll understand who's got the power (laughs) with the suits and the ties. Yeah, I felt, I, uh. While you sleep, you got a big crazy unit and your windows are open. (laughs) I'm wearing a North Face. It's August. I'm inside. Oh, you know what I feel like doing right now? Watching a Christmas movie. It's so cool to Let my Let me apartment. go out to my cable that I pay for all the channels. Cash! I send it to Time Warner. I trust them. I bought two years of service up front. I have Freon in my in my refrigerator. I just have... It runs through my blood! Uh, I have Freon. Yeah, that would be your evil. Freon, You're your a blood. bad guy. In I'm this. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Because we've turned me into Mr. Freeze. Depriving. Uh, cut to me like... <laughs> Jay's just sweating. I'm like, yeah, hey, though, huh? Um, yeah, but- you sweat. You did. You put him in. It's like Bridge on the River Kwai. You put him in the hot box. <laughs> you will learn here. Yes. You will learn. Um, you, ready, you ready to stop agreeing to contracts every yeah. five seconds? <laughs> Get it? I'm waterboarding Jay. Yeah. Even, no, yeah. he's in the hot box, and you're, yeah. the, you're the warden of the. You're the warden of the prison. Hot today. I don't even care anymore. You're like, is you ready to say what you got to say and get out of there? I'm like, close the fucking door. Yeah. I'm dealing with it. Jay's on a spot. He's just doing his spots like he's on a chain gang. <laughs> what we've got here is failure to communicate. Um, it, but this, but to answer your question on how we saved our friendship or how it got through yeah, this that's is, what it, yeah. the best part about my friendship with Jay is it is the heart and soul is based on making each other laugh, which is like the greatest. It's Very just, pure. it's a very like enjoyable when you see that person, you're like, that person's going to make me laugh and I'm going to make that person laugh. And even the first two episodes of the show, I said, after we did our second episode, I was on the train going to a spot and my favorite thought was just one line that I got Jay to walk away from the microphone because he was laughing so <laughs> So hard. satisfying. And you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. You're like, it's just like, fuck yeah. It's great when we keep going. Yeah, and, and it, it moves fast and it's, uh, I, I mean, it's as great as I knew it was going to be and it's going to get No, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I knew, no, for me, when I heard that you guys finally had the show, I was, I mean, I could not have been <laughs> yeah. fucking happier. Um so when you when you did walk in there to start doing the show together, oh. did you guys have a nice like thing Dude, with each other? Oh, you don't even like? understand. Tell me what it was like. All right, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Comedy Central gave us these amazing headphones for yeah. us to use. So now we've got a new toy. We dimmed the lights in the studio. We had all the production <laughs> planned out. Jay and I are sitting there. We do that kind of conversation of like I imagine what a major rock band would as the lights are dropping when they go, "You want to start it off? You want to kick in?" And yeah. I go, Jay, you want to lead? I heard that, yeah. And he goes, yeah. And then we bump fists, and we're like, we're doing it, man. <laughs> we do eight minutes of radio, and then our producer goes, you were never on the air. That wasn't on the air. Yeah. The, awesome. the best part of the really was the thing he goes, he goes, guys, we're off, we're, uh, we're not live. <laughs> and I went, oh, man, when did we lose it? He was like, the whole thing. <laughs> like, none of that happened when I lost. And we were in such a rhythm. Perfect. It was the perfect way to start from... All the contract negotiations from Jay crying on this podcast, from everything that resulted from our week, our week of frustration, all of our anger at each other. It was the perfect way to start our show. What was interesting was, and, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like uh, when I've told the story, like since people have asked about behind the curtain of that, I said I feel like I whispered you a little bit even because I feel like when it happened, I think your instincts was almost you were like and i was like that nah, dude yeah it's like who cares he really horse whispered me because I, 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 I go, i'm like i was just like who cares I'm like this is hilarious dude. if it takes us a half hour to get on the air right now he goes yeah. who cares how funny is it that after all oh, that, you almost freaked not, a freak I, not freaked word. but a little like 
what the? F- like, was what like, come the on, fuck? man, that was like, so good and so fun. I was like, because I was more concerned. Like we had, we were in a, we were in a groove. It was fun. It was, we were moving. We were off the ground, and then they're like, you are never launched. <laughs> I just love the phrase like our week of frustration with each yeah, other. That's what but it that is. was. You guys you had know, your week of frustration. Day war. I mean, if it was even, and I just that. loved that the crying on the podcast is sort of like right in the midst and a part of it. It really makes me happy. But you know what it is? There's people way. in the world where you're like, I don't get along with this guy. I mean, this guy really don't like each other, and I don't have. I, in fact, I don't know if I could think of too many of those in the world that I have, if any. But it, it, there's definitely people where I'm like, oh, so and so shit talked to you or whatever. And it's like, who cares? Like, I don't, it doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. Like, uh, that one weighed on me. And again, it was, there was never even like a, oh, well, fuck you, dude. Well, fuck. It was never that. It was never got hostile in any way. It was just kind of like, a, you know, geez, come on, man, and, on both directions. And, uh, but it weighed on me as, as, as minimal and trivial as it was, because if we saw it, wasn't if we saw each other it was going to be like a oh hey we would have talked we would have talked and laughed. It was just like if it came up again about the negotiation, <sighs> it's just like, dude, I don't want. And, and then and then we just realized I'm like, damn, it's just now, you it, guys. It is a full romantic comedy. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it it's, truly it's, is it's because so, you guys are the characters in the romantic comedy. Yeah. I mean, or you're like in the odd. Co- I mean, you guys are the fucking Felix and Oscar thing. But you are like, you know, this woman who just can't quite commit, but Ooh, knows she should. Sassy girl. But, <laughs> I'm a sassy girl. And then, you know. I just want to go buy purses. Yeah. I got to go eat, pray, and love. You don't understand <laughs> me. But we, I think um, it was one of those things where it sucked because you enjoy the, per- you, you're such a fan of the person and you and you love working with the person and then this frustration happens and you're like, this frustration, that's why it's so taxing because it was like. Just uh, stop. Right. But it also seemed to me like there was some fundamental, like, uh, just some fundamental thing about, like, what was most important to each of you that you each had to understand. Yeah. Like, do you think you know what matters most to him? I think I, I don't think I know what, I can't answer what matters most to him, but I can't answer that I now really respect and kind of uh, love the way Jay is passionate about a thing. Like, Jay's like... And I think I, it it took me understanding that to kind of understand to see where I was coming from. Like, oh shit, I can understand why he'd be a little frustrated by that because Jay was like, I don't I don't want to call it excitability because I think that that lessens it. I think it was a true belief in this thing that we had, and I'm being told again by managers and agents that have bigger clients, like, yeah, this is cool, but also we can't forget about these other things, and it's like. It took me understanding, like, no, nah, I can't be excited about this. And I can't tell my managers, like, you will work it out. It, it, was a, it was a bridging of both worlds where it was possible to have both, where it was possible to get the things I needed in the contract in order to do stuff that I want to do, like write a TV show or a car, write an animated show or a bunch of stuff that, I, that I'm still trying to do, but also have this amazing opportunity to do radio with a person that, as we've referenced before, and this plays right into your rom-com thing, Reference soulmates. That's what we've always called each other because he can say a line from First Blood and I'll know exactly where he's going with it. <laughs> and we make each other laugh by also making it more ridiculous. So I think it. I took- knew there was something about that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was way before the CSI years where he was good at <laughs> That's solving exactly crime. Right. Mitch. <laughs> that, was that, was, that was his name. Mitch. His name was Mitch. Mitch. That's good. We lost 85% of the people listening on But that that's one. why you're not <laughs> reference soulmates, that you can't come into our reference swingers club where we jump around. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it, it uh, really Mitch is David Caruso, and yes. that line I said was from First Blood. He also gives the greatest sigh in the world when Sly takes off his shirt in the showers. Well, yeah. He goes, oh. oh my God. 
They said clean them up. <laughs> clean them up. <laughs> yeah, go watch First Blood. Yeah, that movie's first blood. almost, it's a perfect action. It's a kind what? of like the perfect dra- action drama <laughs> movie. I didn't hate Rambo too, but I don't know how much it would hold up as an adult. It's, it's terrible. Pretty, it's pretty ridiculous. It. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's, but it's uh, the first one's great. I have a theory that if Sylvester Stallone would have died after Rocky and First Blood, there'd be like a director's award nominated or like he would have an award he didn't direct, named. He didn't direct First Blood. Okay. The, so but I'm going to have an I'm award. say that's not true. But he would have an award name for him. Because sure. he would have been like, he wrote, he, was in he, wrote Rock, he wrote Rocky, he wrote First Blood, and then- and remember, He didn't it, even direct Rocky. This, this but my, I said wrote. I changed it to write. He, he switched it, it up? I just now. He did sense. write Rocky. That's he wrote, true. He wrote Rocky. I, this might, sure. be, directed this might be our age gap right here. Too, yeah. But do you remember after First Blood came out, how popular survival knives became? Yeah, everyone had. Everyone wanted it with, with the, the bottom, com- the compass, with the knife where you could take it out the bottom. And yeah, drop did you kind of hope that someday you'd get a cut that you'd have to stitch up, your, <laughs> stitch up yourself just to see if you're actually? I just real, to while the, you're hanging on the edge of a mountain. By the way, yeah, I love he dove off a mountain and fell then, through an entire forest and got a cut on his arm. He had yeah. to stitch. Well, yeah, I would say he questionably. Levine didn't and I, my ver- you know, my creative partner. Yeah, we constantly sit. You know, when Rambo does that fall and then he lands on that tree. There's a moment in the middle of it, you could tell now knowing what I know that they ADR'd, he went into some studio and had to make the sounds of himself falling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end of it, you know, he just goes, rah, 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 Jesus! <laughs> right, right as he lands, we constantly, all Does the time, really? uh, yeah, you listen to I'm going to go watch First Blood again. We, I'll say, on set, like, we could be working on whatever, and it's so inappropriate, like, come out of a business meeting that was rough, and we'll just go like, ah, je- ah Jesus! Like, constantly, <laughs> just it. like the final moment that he hits the tray. Like, I'm absolutely watching First Blood this afternoon. I know, like, well, when you get to Sly, that moment. Sly, we need you to really sell this <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Sylvester, right. that was a good one. Now again, he's coming it's, through the trees. It's, yeah, fast. he's gonna land hard. We're gonna Sly, need you. Sly, you getting yourself in the cans there? Because I'm hey, not really feeling what you're hey, doing. You mind, hey Mark, you mind turning it up a little bit? Hold on. Hey, Let's do the tree fall again. <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Hey, you turn my levels up. <laughs> you guys want one more for safety? All right. Here we go. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you gotta you you have to text me. I'm, today gonna, I'm gonna send you the video. I'm watching it. <laughs> Have to send me. Yeah, I need to see that you have. Uh, so you gonna show up late and not watch a movie that was it? Yeah, you did show up late. It was kind of awesome <laughs> and ridiculous. Hi, I'm Mark Oppenheimer, the host of Unorthodox, a new podcast from Tablet Magazine. Each week, Unorthodox dissects the news of the Jews with conviction and with wit. But you know, we're not just for Jews. We also invite in a guest non-Jew to ask us questions and even occasionally offer some constructive criticism of the chosen people. Immediately off the top of my head, you guys have way too many holidays. You really do need to edit the list down. You can listen to Unorthodox each week on iTunes.com slash Panoply or at TabletMag.com. So I want to talk about a little bit about the uh, comedian's code. Like I've heard you guys, you talk about a lot. And this thing that just happened, Jay, I thought was really awesome um, that you did. But I think, it, it, which is that... Uh, um, a, a member of the audience at a club called the Comic Strip was really rude, right. uh, and then the comedian went at him. Your friend, William Stevenson, William yeah. Stevenson uh, went at him verbally. Yeah, and then the the patron, which is I'm now using like Masters Golf Tournament terminology <laughs> for the customers at a comedy club. I think we just look at their patrons. patrons. The patron um, like approached William on stage, right? Yeah. What happened? Walk uh, us through it. To give a a, a quick recap on it was William was on stage. There was a lady and her boyfriend in the front row 
they were being apparently disruptive the whole show. But I always want to tell for the story, for the sake of the story. I've told it so many times now, but it sounds like even stupid. I, I hate having to say this fact, but it just is true. That was the second show I did there that night. After the first show, that place has gone just in my mind so downhill. And it was about three days after I found out I got the hour special. I go, here's my treat to myself. I'm going to have enjoy my weekends, and I'm going to pick a club, and I'm going to do the shows at that club. I go, instead of running around like a maniac to, and you know, you uh, seven show, eight shows a night, running around, just tr- literally trying to make money. Uh, I was like, my treat to myself, I'm not going to do these shows that I don't want to do anymore. So I'm going to, and I just won't work the comic strip anymore. I, I do it. Uh, you had told film, yourself that already. Yeah. So, I, but I told myself after the first, the first show was so, the first show was actually f- the crowd on the, on the second show where everything went down. The first show was a bad crowd. The f- second show, I don't know how bad the crowd really was. They ended up being fine when I got on stage. They were pretty fun. And, but I mean. After the first show, it was just people nonstop yelling at everyone. Was the front row was all on their cell phones yeah. when I got on stage. Uh, there's supposed to be a check drop, like the checks are supposed to drop when they do this raffle. It's now infamous this raffle. <laughs> They're supposed to drop checks, net. they never do. They drop it right in the middle of my set. Which again, if I accepted that job, then it's fine. But that's not. You're not supposed to be eating checks as the last comment, and which doesn't make sense anyway. Because why would yeah. you want your crowd distracted on the last thing they're going to remember? from coming there. You put me last because you want people to like, you know, enjoy yeah, it and come back. Right. So it's a place you didn't love working. I just go, I'm over it. So so I, when I walked out, I, I definitely told my girlfriend was with me, Christine, and I said to her, I go, you just watched my second to last set of the comic strip. I said those words. And she goes, yeah. I go, yeah, I'm just not having fun here. Why put myself through it? I'm, yeah. It's a negligible hundred bucks when all said and done by the time you do cabs and everything. So I said I wasn't going to come back. When I came back on the second show, I actually on the cab ride up said to her in the cab, I go, Ah, maybe I spoke too definitively. I go, I hate saying stuff like that. I go, I'm sure if I need it or want, I'll go back to the comic. Who cares? Then you're on your way there to do the set. We're on our way there. I'm like, I, go, I, go, I, go, I said there, I go, it's dumb to say that because now I'll go have a killer set. Yeah. And I'll be like, ah, that place is great. I remember how great that place used to be. And I won't uh, make any kind of weird thing. After that first show, by the way, is when I shook Richie Tink and the owner was there. I shook his hand. I did. I, I have no beef with him. I, yeah. go, I, go, I go, hey, Richie. And then I shook his hand and went outside. I was like, yeah, I'm done with this club. But it wasn't any, no nothing but fuck Richie Tinkin or who care? I don't I have no beef with him. It's just his club. Right. And Richie Tinkin and Bob Wax owned that club from the beginning and, and they John were Eddie McGowan, and they were Eddie Murphy's managers yep. back a long time ago. And that club, along with Dangerfield uh, and Catch, were like the the uh, long, long time ago. Now John McGowan's dead, Bob Wax died not yes, too too long ago. They were the important yeah. clubs. I knew Bob when I was a kid. So yeah. uh um, but but you go there and one of your friends gets in so trouble. I go there. There's a thing. There's this lady was being, you know, horrible the whole show. Apparently, putting her feet up on the stage. And, yeah. and William is a sixty-some-year-old black dude to give you perspective, and he's not very spry, and he gets frustrated. I, I can't even defend. There's no reason to defend or, or even have to uh, how he handled it. Like I don't think I would have handled it the same way, but I. Defend his right if his thing's going to go. He's on call. stage. He uses uh He uses he the called the girl a cunt. That's what. Well, he what did. happened was to also say she hilariously, which is the best part of the <laughs> yeah. story. She legit wins the raffle, which is what's so funny about the whole thing. And he says, if while she wins, he's doing the raffle, he's like, if she's wins, if she wins this, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give her the raffle. And she's been rude the whole time. And he picked her. He picked her. She jumps up on the stage. She makes a whole thing. She'll say, now here's the thing. You could deconstruct her and keep this whole thing funny and light and just get through the show. Not even light. You could be funny and scathing, but f- 
he just was angry and he was over it and he told her to get off the fuck off the stage and, and in some well you can't go on the stage well I mean, she was she would have to get a raffle thing like again like i said before it, none, none of it's all so inconsequential to me any of that stuff and, and somewhere in the, in the argument he called her a cunt now i've had it argued to me those are fighting words like absolutely those are absolutely fighting words guy calls your girl a cunt you got a couple choices. Your choices are basically go home, and she is going to definitely have a little stick. It's definitely, if nothing else, just a little pinprick into your manhood in her eyes, because you kind of let that happen to her. You know what I mean? Like you. Now, you could just do that, or, or you can go fight. The beauty of a comedy club is there's supposed to be somebody there, yeah, to make sure. That doesn't happen on their watch. But you're saying there were no bouncers there. There were no big guys there to help you, well, to help you your know, friend, not The manager you. seems like a pretty big dude, and they have they have men on staff there. But so I was saying nobody did anything. The boyfriend got on stage. He, he kind of squared up and was going like, uh, forward to forward with William, and then Jesus. I yeah. just started taking off hey, for the stage just to like get in the middle of it, break it up. you know. And, and it, William wasn't going to fight, by the way. He wasn't prepared to fist fight. He didn't want to fist fight. There's no part of him. I know that guy a little bit. He's yeah. not fighting. No, he's... he's He's, he's a funny fight. guy hosting shows. So yeah. I, he's a funny guy hosting shows. So I jumped in the middle and I just told the guy to get the fuck off the stage. And I kind of like, he, I just saw his back down. It was like physical and like a little verbal, like, just like, you know, oh, now you got your boys here. So now you're tough. And it was like, to say to William, and it's like, it's just me, number one. And two, all I've said was like, dude, get the fuck off the stage. But you, I just want to say you, because I love that you did this. You saw your friend yeah. in a tough spot. Of course. Yeah. So you went to, I, I just, here's the thing. I, Steve Byrne no, got physically no, attacked I mean, on stage before, and I ran no, on stage. Like if it's true, no, if you see your friend in a t- tough spot, like you know, he's going to lose his air conditioning. You do whatever you have to, <laughs> or whatever. you don't. You do. Or you just keep <laughs> pushing until no. you get what you need, and the, the <laughs> air conditioner will come. It's a William could have handled himself <laughs> if he no, gets there. I mean, yeah, I'm saying you step up and help. That's great. Uh, he turned it all around. He goes, "Now you know what, Jay? You were actually pretty wrong there." Uh, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe William shouldn't have been using that. Okay, I don't know if your representatives would really feel it was a good idea for you to jump on the stage. What's the business? Ship could be a very valuable place for you in the future. This, Dan's, this is Dan's inner logic. The outside's going, definitely. And on the inside, he's like, Poor Dan's well, head. I don't know if that would really be rationally what you'd need Actually, to. Actually, no, on the inside, I, I'm pretty white trash. <laughs> yeah. Now you're ready I'm, to fight? I'm, I'm always no, willing. Jay Samuel is getting... Uh, yeah, I'll tell you oh, what, the, Soda... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not corporate. It's, believe what you will. So, I have good representation, no, but I am far from no fucking shit. corporate. No shit. I got about a lot that? of trailer in me. What's weird about that is I am zero confrontational, yeah. but, I'm, but I'm fight or flight. I'm fight or flight. I, f- I fight. But, like, the I, great, you know, but, but when it gets to that, if someone's on the street just going like, you corny ass motherfucker, like, blah, blah, I, I, I don't even turn around for that. I'm just like, yeah, but Jay saw me. I do. Yeah. I so, 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 so just mix it up with this guy. It was a guy no, in sure. Times Square. Yes, yeah. I know you would get right. No, yeah. no, no BS. I know if someone tried to mess with you, Dan, with one of your friends, you'd step in. Yeah. I mean, no question yeah. about it. No, I'm, not, I'm saying, I'm, not, I'm just, if it makes sense more, I really don't. I've been in a lot of fights in my life, like a lot. And I really didn't enjoy any one of them. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I've won and I've lost and I've, but I just don't, I don't, so I try to really to not have that be the case. But it's, it's a miserable, it's, for me, I've stepped in, it's a miserable feeling to have to step in because you could get awful. hurt. Sure. Oh, I, don't wanna, I don't want to step guy, in. That guy's girlfriend was getting face kicked over and over <laughs> yeah, and over saying, again. I'm saying I don't want to. so funny. Right, I don't want to. You also don't know the level of psychotic that this guy is. This guy's willing to get on stage at a comedy <laughs> yeah, club and fight too, like thing. it's a bit. But of course. My so other thing too, I said before, my other fear of fighting is, I know the person I am. So if it's a fight, which most fights are over something that later on you're going to go, that was pretty dumb to be in a fight over. Even if a guy calls your girlfriend a cunt or whatever, even if you uh, win the fight, it just feels kind of silly later. Well, there are different levels of it. Like if somebody, like the, I, I definitely think the place to get to is like if someone said that 
especially like just in the world now, the move, like, so someone calls someone you care about a name like that, you should, not, it shouldn't affect us in that place that it does. It just does. No, it just like does, the yeah. thing is you should just walk away, but this wasn't that. This was some guy getting on stage and so you had to go help your friend. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, I, 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 I thought this guy really was like looking for but, something physical. I mean, did, he really got a face of it. To me, the really great part is what happened after, right? Because so you do this and you de-escalate the thing. I, right? I, you I, stop I, the fight I from the happening. Guy, I walk the guy out of the club past all the male staff. And there's also, I'm even more impressed with what happens, what happens after you do that. So I, I, I yeah. Then, then William starts calling, starts announcing me to come to the stage, <laughs> like for, so for my set, and I'm doing this in the back of the room. I'm looking at him, going, I'm like, I'm like, I'm giving like the you know, wait, because you were next up. Yeah, I was it. That's was the best the part. I start giving him like the cut songs. I'm just, I'm, I'm like, William, this show's over, dude. Like this is over. And he goes, but he just says my name, so I'm like, all right, I'll, you know, okay. And I you go, go up stage. and do your set. I went up and did my set. I acknowledge it, but I, but in my and I have a. I wish they would have released that tape. I have a really good set. But what that set is, is the first half of it, is me going like, what the fuck happened? It's like, I'm bouncing the club, like, I'm a goddamn comedian, and and I start shitting on the club, and I start talking about, to this 30-person audience, or whatever it is, 60-person audience, that's, that place has fallen from grace completely, uh, this very small audience, I'm shitting on the club, but it's shitting on it in a way of saying, like, this place was amazing. And I really do have an affection for that club, because it's the reason my daughter's alive, literally. I met my ex-wife there. Like she was a waitress there. Like I have a history of this club. It was the first club I right. passed in you, New York. You were actually something you loved had disappointed you. It's just falling apart. It's just going yeah. to hell. Every, all the owners are dying off, and it's just being run. It's being run by like dopes and like the owner's and, wife, who's a dipshit. And and, and so the guy went. At the, the 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 you do it. You do your set. You leave. Mm-hmm. And then the owner of the club. Uh, the next day, William Stevenson posts something on Facebook about what what I, what I find out in this post is uh. Hey, for all my troubles and getting going through, I goes the comic strip decided to fire me from my from hosting my shows tonight, <laughs> which I thought was really shitty. And he goes, and in his post, he goes, I wouldn't expect comics to like boycott a club. I know everyone needs stage time. I'm just saying, like, I'm just letting you know what that club does. Basically, I, I, I'm uh, you know, summarizing. I think it's this, important su- to know that, like, the, I mean, it's important to know that, like, people like William would plan his life, like, plan his life around these hosting spots. That's what he does. Like in terms yeah. of like the money he's counting on making, you, you know. Yeah, I don't know William's income, but I mean, I know, I, I, you know, he's not a young guy, and I, to also to some degree, you're taking away like his that's fucking yeah. social life, yeah. right? Like it, it's what William, you know, so for William's, something that's not even. It just seems like just have his back on this one. You guys should actually yeah. protect him from that. Even if you disagree with how he handled it, like the fu- come on. So somewhat happened. I wrote a thing. I go, well, William, you don't have to worry. So I've taken. I'm, I'm taking myself off of their avails list anyway. I go. I just. It's. I don't know. That club's really become something terrible from where it was, and uh, it's a shame. You know, whatever. I go. You have solidarity for me, buddy. Don't worry. I go. Obviously, you know, you can't make people not work there. But I, I just, so you know, I'm not working there anymore. The next day, I get a text from uh, Richie, the owner, Richie Tinkin, and I really part of me thought it was going to be somewhere between an apology and a thank you for making sure there's no lawsuits or something. Right. So when you saw the name pop up on the phone, you're I was like, one of those, I'm playing Candy Crush, and the t- you know the iPhone <laughs> the top says Richie Tinkin, and I was like, ooh, and I click it with like something of like uh, maybe this will be like you know, hey, sorry that happened to you, you know, that sucks. Because the the only staff member, they, they, that was one of the places, too, that had staff that was, like, you know, there for 10 years. You know, waitresses. Uh, my my ex worked there for eight years. Uh, her best friends worked there for well over right. 10. You know, there's one bartender left who was there, like, from from the beginning. 
as I was walking out that night, he comes to me and he goes, "Sorry, I had to go through that, Jay. Because that, that's he goes, this place is just going down the tubes. They're they're the only remaining. I understand. Sta- yeah. Uh, so you know whatever. So he texts me, Richie, the owner, and it just starts uh, a trail <laughs> of like, "You piece of shit, douchebag." <laughs> you be- and his big point of contention is, "Will William called the lady a cunt?" You defended that. He goes. And for that, you both should have had your ass beat, and you and you'll get your wish. You're never welcome back at this club again. And, I, and I'm like, at that point, I'm even kind of like, okay. So I think I write back like, because uh, his complaint was, you took my money, you shook my hand after you shit on my club and took my money. So just to correct him, I go, you said I shook your hand first. Shook your hand before. I go. I had already decided I wasn't going to work the club anymore anyway. I go, and uh, I took your money because I did my job. Yeah. I go. In fact, I did my job <clears throat> plus the job of security, which should have been handled. I go, when you have an establishment that sells booze at that level, you need security. And then when he wrote back, and by the way, at this point, I'm, not a, I'm very bad at social media. I'm trying to get better. I'm doing my best at it uh, to stay more engaged and involved. But it's amazing how that buzzer went off. I'm like, oh, this will be interesting. On the next text is the first time I thought about that when he writes. First, he goes, he goes all the comedians are talking about, they think you're an asshole. Like, no one agrees with you. Blah, Which blah, is blah. great. That's the first place he went. He's like, by the way, everyone's talking, and they say you're stupid. And you're like, yeah. no, Rich, who do you talk to? Yeah, exactly. Guys that you're making do late night? By the way, it's, 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 you know, you know, it's funny. The only person who came to a thing, and I go, I, I, on Facebook, I call him a company queef, is uh, Tom Van Horn, that go nowhere shithead. He's like, uh, if you guys weren't there, you really shouldn't be commenting on it. Like, shut up, Tom Van Horn, you perennial failure. <laughs> You're right. right. I, I don't know. I don't even know him. Exactly. Right. He's got a day job, I promise you, and he's probably 50. You know what I mean? Like, he's So let's go back and recorrect that statement if you have any fucking animosity towards anybody in comedy. Yeah, you're Boom. right. Well, you know what? It's not Tom. It's not animosity. It's more just the funniest words to say. Yeah. I mean, I don't even like Keith Van Horn because yeah, he's a big disappointment. A big disappointment. That's how you can tell anger. But anger wouldn't be riddled with like funny funny things yeah. like yeah real anger like, just, fuck that yeah, dude it was just exactly. another big hope for New York who just busted out and it's Keith not Van even Horn. hatred for him it's just like it's like such a guy it's like such an irrelevant to like comment on it at all but anyway he uh it's so put, unfair Jason is now putting in the producer in the show notes Keith Van Horn so some like basketball <laughs> wonk yeah. he's gonna listen hoping we're gonna have a whole conversation oh, about Keith Van Horn and he's gonna come I on I wonder if they talked about like, the Nets days or yeah, when he first came exactly. in the league I mean the guy was a great just pop up yeah. shooter even he was, as an executive the guy's yeah. like ready to listen he Plus just hears like socks. He, yeah. turns, <laughs> he turns to Sean and it's just like cunt yeah. and he's like oh no I didn't no he's got his pale rider shirt on I had to realize more though that you have a Keith Van Horn haircut he does he looks you, know a little, you know what? I feel like I, I'm the movie version of Keith Van Horn. <laughs> I'm the castable. Uh, that was what I was going to tell you guys. That's why the radio show didn't go. I'm doing the, the Keith, Keith Van, Van Horn biop. I want to mention like a famous ballerina so that also we, that person goes in the show notes so the yeah. wrong person yeah. listens like Balanchine show, or something. Oh, and then start talking suddenly, about uh, Mozart and people are like, oh, this got very worldly. Yeah, <laughs> Salieri versus Mozart <laughs> and the creative pursuits. Put that in the show notes too. Uh, um, so 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 what, you see that he sends his text in the next text uh, he writes and this is where I said I put it up on Twitter he goes if I did have security I would instruct them to leave the room so you and William could have had your ass beat by this guy as you deserve to be and it's just like that's so fucking well, moron. stupid yeah it's like well good let's see how the rest of the world and comedians feel about that dummy that's a heel turn yeah I mean that's just the thing yes. if he kept going like we, we believe in protecting our comics you know blah 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 just, whatever he said he, he didn't say any of that that's he, Larry Zabisco turning on Bruno San Martino 100% yeah, he, didn't say, he didn't say any of that and to, and to you know the, the jawing back and forth I, again I always I kept it very like I wasn't cursing at him I wasn't calling him names he kept coming at me that way 
And then uh, the the kind of like the big resolution that I love to this, that I do love of the story and telling it is that uh, the last thing in in early texts of that he cites that I'll never be Eddie Murphy or Larry David I think in Seinfeld and Ray Romano he's always people that I'm never going to be which okay. And uh, in the last thing, he pu- he finally comes out and puts something up publicly himself on Facebook. A long first thing. before you. No, no. So this you after, tweet. After I'm all saying this, you then tweet all, the whole after, thing. Yeah, I tweet the whole conversation. It goes uh, right, not, people, vi- uh, not viral, but it went everywhere. Yeah, a lot of people uh, immediately. It became clear you were not only in the right, but that the guy was using all these intimidation tactics that like were like from the '70s of exactly. like before there was social business. media. Like yeah. like I mean, he he. Now gonna work in this town again, kid. I mean, I mean yeah, he talked like a character in like a. Bad uh, crime or showbiz movie where the heavy guy is just yeah. Don't you understand? I own all the comedy. I'm gonna call the the other you know. I'm gonna call the other owners and I remember he goes, uh, "Oh, I'm sure things. I'm sure Comedy Central's gonna love to hear about this in the cellar." And it's just like, well, they do love it. They gave me not only a special, but I'm as many sets as I want at the cellar. But they also love it. And but what's great is it is is him just being so out of touch with what's going on. Look, it's the same thing. You know, I love Howard Stern, but Ari Shafir and him got into that weird thing about podcasting and the value of podcasting and Stern saying that podcasting is not real yeah. formidable entertainment that you can make money at and whatever. And uh, it just because Stern's like, as much as I love him, like he's just out of touch with that thing. He just doesn't know that world. And Richie's just out of the world of comedy, really. He's just sitting in, a, in an apartment, you know, collecting money from that club. Uh, yeah, but I would at, say well, Howard's well, point is different, though. I did Howard's point. I Howard's point was just about uh, there are very few podcasts. He's right. that are financially rewarding because I'm a you know I he, I mean you mentioned like Stern is so important to me. Me too. No, no, no I was no, really me, interested me. in that when I first heard just Ari's take on it. I was like, oh, that doesn't sound like Howard would be that out of it. Howard's point was like, if you want to be a do a podcast, great, do a podcast. Don't think it's the same thing as like broadcasting yet. They're not. There's like five of those. Yeah, but he was. But he was almost saying there's just no. He 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 kind of like correlated all podcasts. You know, to like you're in your mom's basement and blah blah blah, and it's just like it's not. He's a def, Stern's a little out of touch. But, with that the world. difference being though that, that Richie Tinkin basically is so out of touch that he actually thought he still was powerful. Howard's yeah. still uh, one of the most important people in show business. Absolutely, yes. and no, like no, no, it still no. has like. You know the, what I mean, there's by a the huge... way, I've explained to Ari when we've had conversations about it because I'm I am such a diehard Howard fan. Is that look? I never walk into that serious building still and don't stare at that door. Yeah, I'm like, right. Man, it's such a it's such a world going on back there that I listen. I mean, I listen to Stern every day. But I said Stern was, and what I just realized, like being what I said about being out of touch was like uh, also. And who's this Ari Shafir? And Ari's not the, the most famous person in the world, but like he's doing pretty well, and he is well known. So I say it was just it was just a matter of like a little, being a little out of the loop of that because Stern's not in that world anymore. Right. Sure. You know and. Uh, but t- and, 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 and and Richie's the same thing. So what he to say like he's going to call the other clubs and you know when I go to the other clubs, the other clubs are like, oh man, we are so waiting for this phone call. I no, I'm just saying it would have been like if Howard would have said to Ari Shafir. No, I mean I'm saying like, it would have been like, Howard, you. if he would have said to Ari Shafir like I'm going to call Mark Maron and yeah. I'm going to call Adam Carolla and no all more the, podcasts. I'm going to call all the podcast sure, sure, people sure. and I'm going to tell them not to allow it. Like you know something that like so so no knowledge of it. Like I'm going to tell them not to allow you on iTunes. Like well they're not going to not allow me on. They right. can't not yeah. allow me on iTunes. Like exactly. Richie's thing was so. Crazy! It was it out there. Like. It really was. It almost made me when I read it because I'm taking a side. I, yeah, <laughs> I love it, and uh, I'll be at the strip tonight. Three shows. No, I read it, and there was a part of me that went, "Oh, like he doesn't like, get it." Yeah, I. Do, you know, it's funny, and I was asked. Like, I've been asked. So on, sad I've been asked on other shows. Doesn't get it. I've been asked on other shows. Like, do you? Fi- well, actually, let me finish the things. I'll say that the, the, the real ending of Please this do. was. Uh, 
I said in the beginning, he cites all the comics that I'll never be. And then again, in this public thing he put out on Facebook, said, um, you know, you know, if, if, if a guy gets behind using the C word, this is actually an interesting thing on this. If a guy gets behind someone saying, calling a woman the C word, like, you know, he deserves what he gets and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all the greats. And he starts naming again. And, and in this naming, he does Ray Romano, Adam Sandler, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, and some other people. He goes, none of these people, this is a claim he makes about other people. None of these people have ever used the C word on or off stage. Bullshit. Which is retarded. And I go, uh, okay. And he goes, none of them use it on and off stage. And he goes in this whole rant and they deserve what they got and blah, blah, blah. So uh, I just wrote back underneath that, which is a fact that I've said on so many radio shows. And, I, and it's never to go at the club ever, but it was such a great thing to have in the pocket that I never thought of. But he kept saying Eddie, Mur Eddie Murphy. That's his, you know, his, the, the coin in his pocket. And I go, well, I know you keep citing Eddie Murphy. I go, so you think maybe if you want to be so like pious and like high and mighty about all this, like you think maybe you want to take down the gold records you have hanging in your uh, building that uh, people have to walk by to walk in the room where you have tracks on both of them that is just called simply faggots. I go, or are we only worried about offending cunts? And I went through a whole thing with that, and he just went and pulled all of his stuff down. He's he went and pulled he his took stuff all his down? own yeah. post down. Oh, there you go. He pulls his own post down. And I think he just cowered into a corner from it, and that's fine. And then somebody else goes, "Do you feel bad?" I'm like. Uh, yeah, I do, because it's just like, I just think it's a guy who's out of touch and just lost his, you know, he just doesn't does know, does know what's going on. It's so hard on. to just say, and, and, and he, and he you no wonder idea. why it's so hard for the guy to have just said to you right away, <sighs> sorry you had a rough night. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, you had a, sorry you had to jump in there. That's what's always- Thanks. You didn't have to say thanks, even just a little, hey dude, it was a weird night, William shouldn't have said that word, but I appreciate you getting his back. Well, Kurt, Kurt Metzger, I, I always want to give the uh, the good detective skills uh, call here to, to Metzger, who, who was right about this. I'm pretty sure he nailed it because I was like, yeah, it seems so weird for him to be so high and so on this kick with like people have grandmothers and daughters and, and, and I have all those things. I have a mother, I have a grandmother, I have a daughter. I have all those things. And I definitely don't want people finger pointing them and calling them cunt. Uh, but it's got nothing to do with the point that like, it, it's just like, why, why is he so worried about that and as never thinks about these? I mean, he knows what's on those albums. And uh, Metzger goes, oh yeah, he's a born again Christian, he's very, very religious. Like he doesn't care about gay people being offended at all. Uh, I did not know that. And uh, he doesn't care. He goes, about he's him. very like woman centric and blah. But he doesn't care about it. He, that doesn't bother him at all. Those oh, records oh, are up on the wall. I just wanted to jump back to that thing where you were saying that on the on the podcast uh, that we did before, when you were crying and said like, oh, here I am acting gay, and I cr I said, oh, that doesn't <laughs> yeah. like as I wanted to come on Skanks, which by the way you said I uh, you wanted me to come on, and then I never we never ended up happening. But uh, maybe yeah. you were going to make you cry on your own show. And you wanna, <laughs> be, you please come to do it. Whatever you want. I want to do it. No, it's really but, fun. Um, no, I totally want to do the we're show. We're moving to the city. We're moving to a studio. Oh, uh, that's great. So then I nice. can really do it. But um, I always think about the reason that I said that is I just always think about uh, a 14-year-old kid listening to the show. And then their life being so hard wherever they are. Like sure. some 14-year-old kid who's trying to come out of the closet. Mm -hmm. This is what I think. Like I try, you try yeah. to think. And then suddenly this guy, like, let's say he's a big fan of yours. And you're crying and suddenly even you who love, who has, I know, like gay friend doesn't care who fucks who. Couldn't you couldn't less, care yeah. less. Suddenly because what happens to those kids when they're 14 and everyone's calling them faggot. And then you using it, and I'm like, you're crying, and so then in crying, calling yourself gay, like kind of reaffirms for that 14 year old kid, not for the grown up, like for that sure. 14 year old kid, like, oh fuck, even Jay thinks that means I suck or I'm 
wimpy because like so that was that's what I'm not thinking about it like oh I don't want to be I don't want to be judged for um, allowing someone to say whatever I'm thinking about like hey th- uh, there are kids who are like just trying to fucking deal and be who they are sure and so if I if I can just point out when um, those kind of things that we all grew up speaking a certain way because like we had no idea that those words actually could like I mean yeah, they're just I said, filler words. I mean I couldn't have used the word faggot more my entire yeah, yeah. thirty the first thirty years of my life having no clue that they could have this like Absolutely. super harmful effect. That was the only reason that yeah, I, no, I, I said I, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I think it's a I think that's a very valid point. My my thing is a my harshness of words is also weirdly based around like an innocence of it. I last night, weird thing, uh uh Gary Goleman. Mm-hmm. He's a hilarious. Oh, well, my, yeah, my, our, yeah, I mean, Gary's like family to me. Yeah. He comes in has a lot of Sunday it's night dinners. So with Gary me and my kids. has like family to me. So yeah. we were walking outside and we we're going to play basketball on Sunday. Me, him, and a couple other guys. Oh, he can get angry on the basketball. Course. And uh, I'm sure, <laughs> but we're going to play basketball on Sunday. And, and so he goes, Joe Vesey, another comic who's a, a really good basketball player. He goes, Yeah, Joe's going to play. You ever see Joe play? He's awesome. And I walked outside, and to be the funniest thing there, I was like, I was like, Yeah, I schooled this nigga on the court last year. And Gary's behind me. He's like, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not being shitty. He's just, he goes, whoa, 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 man. He's like, what? He's like, uh, and I don't even know what he's talking about me at first because I just said it was funny and everyone laughed when I said it. And he goes, uh, he goes, who'd you clear? Uh, where'd you get clearance for that word from? And I was like, what? And I didn't know what he meant. He goes, yeah. where'd you get clearance for that? I was like, clearance for what? He goes, he goes to say the n word like that. And I go, um, I just looked left and right once. And he was like, and he laughed. But he laughed at that, and I tried to explain. I didn't really get a chance to explain to him afterwards. But I go, it's the same thing. I've, I've been caught up in this a lot. I don't have hate in my heart for anyone of anything. Yeah. So I'm just saying the funniest thing to say at that time, right there. So it's where I say it's rooted in innocence. It's not. I've seen hatred. I've seen racial prejudice. I've seen uh, violence at, at people for being gay or black or whatever. I've seen or Jewish in, in my neighborhood. I was, you know, Jewish kid. Uh, in a pretty black neighborhood, you know, like I've seen all those things. I just don't have that in my heart. So to me, I just, it's the freedom of the words. Like, I don't know. Like, that was like, I mean, I, I, there's nothing meant to offend. Unless I'm going to First offend. Well, I happen to know Goldman loves you. He's talked to oh, no, 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 no. the world to you. Um, we're, we're playing basketball tomorrow. It's like so epic. I, yeah, but there was no weird, I just, I had that weird sense of him where I'm like, uh, and he's a great comic too, man. But I'm like, if I need to be as funny as I can be, at all times, like I can't worry about restricting myself. It's like you should. Uh, I can always explain the lack of hatred in my heart for anything. You should be able to know that, really, if you know me well enough, too. But like, uh, no, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, I think in a comedy club, let's say whatever the hell you want. I, 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 I couldn't agree with that more. Hate, say I whatever you hate when people do things and say words to get away with them. It, yeah. it loses me. Completely. And I could tell you several comics where I know it's like that have said uh, the N word on stage to get a reaction from yeah. versus being like, I think I've said it on stage once, maybe twice, both times, no repercussions, no anger, no from black people, from anybody, because it was just the funniest thing to say at the time. And they could see in my heart that there was no ill. No, it's an interesting thing. Like it. you could see the argument of why saying cunt was like, uh, is an out of bounds thing to say. It, it, it reveals. Uh, to me, like um, that, William in that moment had very limited control of his comedic faculties. Like he, he couldn't, had none. he couldn't manage. Yeah, he, the, he went straight. I was saying that he couldn't manage the situation. To me, what that reveals is like, oh, that's a guy who wasn't at the top of his game. Went to you could, in fact, I would have no problem, and maybe you guys are, are going to disagree with me. 
I would have been no problem if uh, William did that, walked off stage, and Richie gave him a standing eight count. Was like, I don't want you to work tomorrow night because you called a woman a cunt. It wasn't funny. I don't want that in my club. Yeah, you're not being but fun. You're being mean on my I stage. I can totally understand somebody going like, that's actually, those are, these, these are the, this is the box you have to play in in my room. Uh, but the moment someone got on that stage, yeah. it changed the entire thing to me. The moment somebody made it physical, yeah. it's just like you had a duty that you fulfilled because the people who should have done it didn't. Yeah. And then it became not about what, whether what William did or what William said. It became about like the club not being there to stand up for the comedians who've been there for a long time. And yeah. I would go further, which is if a guy's worked my club for 20 years and then made one mistake, I would never tell him not to come back the next night. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, dude, you must have had a rough... I mean, I think I'd probably go like... What's going on in your life? Are you yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. Like, what? Do you need more sleep? Like, what can a, I do to? Yeah, how can I? Beer. How can I help you not be the worst version of yourself and become a better? I mean, version he of hosted yourself? that fifty-hour comedy show mm. there. Yeah, right. William no, no. I mean, I've seen William host at the cellar a million times, yeah. and I've seen him tired, and I've seen him awake, and I've only seen him tired. I've only worked with him late. That's not even a lie. I just I've only worked with him late night. He's tired. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't even know William's comedy very well. I know he's a very funny guy. And uh, it's, it was never even a defense of that. It's like, William's a guy I know. Look, it's the but, same thing. There's got to be a kinship there. You know, there's a Todd Lynn. You remember Todd Lynn? We were, yeah. yeah, we were buddies. Um, I love Todd. People hated I, Todd I, Lynn. Hey, we, Dan I and I talk him. about this all and the time. He, and he did. You didn't like him? No, I loved him. We, we loved talk him. about this all the he time. He didn't. He uh, and, and when he passed, I heard a lot of people. And by the way, I've had th- I almost had a fist fight with Todd Lynn. I remember once. that. Uh, where he ended you up said, let's go down. around. You yeah, said, let's go down. around the corner. This was before he became blind, I hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, Jay, likes, swinging at Jay him, likes low-hanging fruit. I would say, if you were swinging at him once he became blind, no, no, this not was, cool. No, by the way, he was the aggressor of this. <laughs> right. He came you know, up to me and he goes, he said, there was a misunderstanding. I don't remember exactly what it was, too. Was like, I don't know why he thought it said something was to do with me, but Lenny Marcus uh, was saying that Todd was stealing one of his bits. Again, always, a steal, stolen bit uh, finger point is always in the shittiest jokes, but it was a... Uh, a dumb bit, and he, and he came upstairs, and Lenny really did start, like, talking in front of Esty about, like, you know, oh, he can't say anything here. People start taking your bits and blah, blah, blah. Todd came upstairs. They had words, whatever. Now, I happen to be sitting at the table, too. Fly on the wall for all of this. It has nothing to do with me. I don't know either, which I say to uh, Todd, I don't know either of your shitty sets. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck either of you are talking about. Because he told me that I said that someone was stealing jokes. Like, what do I care? Like, right, you didn't. I don't even that. care if you guys are stealing each other's jokes. And he just leans in my ear and tries to do a corny. He says, get close to me. He goes, he goes keep my name out your mouth, motherfucker, or, so, or so, oh, there'll be a problem. I go, there's no there's a problem right now. I go, let's go let's go around the corner right now. And then people are like, you know. Yeah. And what was great was Artie Fuqua was standing between us, all 108 pounds of Artie Fuqua was standing between us. And, and, Todd's telling me, he goes, goes, you're lucky Artie's staying there, motherfucker. You're lucky. And I just moved Artie. That's hilarious. <laughs> I just moved him out of the way. And then Harris was kind of pulling like, Todd, come on, Todd, let's, 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 don't do this, man. And then Todd called me the next day and like essentially apologized. And I, but we, me and Todd spent- You were going to say, even Todd. We spent a month in, in South Africa. And like, me and Todd get along. But I said, even Todd, when he died, I had no beef gripe with him or beef when he died. And we were friendly, in fact, when he, when he passed away. And I was sad to see him, how bad he was at the end. Uh, I think I spoke to him when he was in the hospital. But again, not even that. When he did pass away, I was surprised. There was comics who I would talk to, and they'd be like, yeah, good riddance, motherfucker. Yeah, that blew me away. And I'd be like- Really? They were saying that shit? Yeah. I'd be like, like, guys, forget the villain of comedy. This is just a dude we've known for a decade, man. Who deteriorated and died. And we just, here's the thing. But again, villain or not, we just knew him. And that is why I find to be major importance, and Soder's been uh, privy to a bunch of these- I try, if I can, to organize 
the, the holiday barbecues. And I remember going to those at Patrice's house. Hmm. Holiday barbecues. And I try to keep it friends and some peripherals, you know, because there's only limited space ends up being the, the issue. But because for that moment, like that couple hours, that four, five, six hours, whatever it is at a barbecue, everyone stops being in this game of jockeying for position and what's this guy got and what's his angle and someone shit talked me and he said I stole a joke. And you're just talking to a guy who you don't really even get along with and co- or you think his comedy stinks, but you're having an awesome football conversation. Yeah. Right. You're having a great conversation. You, you got you find that you both love awesome. the same movies, and that's a big deal, man. That, that evens things out, you know. Dustin Chafin's been like a villain to a lot of people over the years and stuff, but I've just had Dustin at my house before the thing, and we just like, yeah. I don't know if he shit talked me ever or not. It doesn't really matter to me. It's like, it's like, ah, Dustin's fine. Like, he's a fine guy. Yeah. I have no beef with it. You know what I mean? Like, well, you're he, a big proponent of that thing, Dan, too, about the comedians all being trying to be in one thing. Like you talk about a comedian code in a different way, which is the only time I've ever seen you be like kind of even hurt. It's like if you go do a set on, on television, like you're aware of which guys yeah. will send you a text just to even say, some of my go best, get them, good text. Some good, of my best friends, set. I've had two Conans, and I, I, I'm i not going to name the two people I know, but they haven't, not good job, not great set, and then you see them post something on social media where they're like, watch my buddy tonight on Letterman, and you're like, man, fuck you, and I, I've said it to them. I'm like, why didn't you say it? And they're like, oh, dude, I'm distracted and I'm busy. And you're like, well, you should know. Like bigger names? What's that? Like bigger names, people? One was, one wasn't. One was, one was. One was like a guy that he barely knew. And he's like, check him out on on Letterman tonight. And I'm like, hey, fuck you. You know how much shit I've like. And they didn't tweet, they didn't social media yours or even text you. No. You will be shocked at one. I know one of the names. You will be shocked at this. Yeah. And it it, like, you'll be like, what? It was a stinger. It it hurt. It upset me where I was like, man, this fucking dude. I know how much that meant to me. I try to do that stuff, man. Like, I try to. You're great about my buddies. I try to. You're great at birthdays. You're great at. You're great at sets on TV. You're great at, hey, I saw what you did. I'm I'm actually pretty bad at birthdays. Like, Facebook's helps. I'll tell you, no, you're great at this, though. Like, when I did Seth Meyers. Yeah. Like, the second it. I watch everybody's everything. The second it aired, you texted me, like, great set. That was a funny line like you're look on up, that stuff i look you up want. yeah i look up obscure shit because i think they try to pit us to get against right, each this other what I wanted that's to... the worst way to look at it go read i tweeted it out but dana gould's speech at just for laughs he covers that so perfectly that even me trying to like Breach the topic. I there's no way I could do what dana gould did right. which is it, it is it's the wrong bro- way to bro- look approach Broach, breach, breach, breach. I've always, I've always. If hear you breach like, something, that, I, you know what I'm thinking. It's, it's like uh, when something you broach a topic. You broach. Yeah, I'm dumb. Uh, no, just I just figure the, you're going to say it in the future. You know, what is the, people, go read the Dana Gould I, speech. I know. Again, maybe there's like even a, a tinge of selfishness in it, but I know what it means to me to have the support of people I respect and and friends to care about that stuff. Like same way I said before. Like the reason I want to do my special in New York is like. I want, like, the staff and the comedians to come watch me do yeah. it. I, I want them to, like, you know, I want the people who mentored me and gave it's a shit so about funny. me to, like, care. Because, it's yeah, so funny because of the opposite because I'm like, I want to go to a yeah. city where no, no, no one know, knows but, me. But in the general, but, but you do want, you your mean, fo- you want your phone blowing up with text. Wait, what do you mean day? you want to yeah, go to a city where no one knows? What do you mean? Well, just, like, I have, like, this thing of, like, no one wants to watch me do stand-up again. Everyone in New York's seen my jokes. Oh, you mean you want to perform elsewhere? Yeah. So I'm like, this, I'll go, to, I'm going to the desert. Whoever's there can come see it. It's, because you want to be in front of like just new audiences. And yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah. It's I get just, that too. Yeah, sure. I don't know. But but it really is. It's all about support. And it's like a set, no matter how well I do with the audience, 
if I do a set on TV, it doesn't mean shit unless I a always felt just comics. to bring this back to the thing of between the two of you that led to the show. There's what I had written down to say too, which is during that when I had conversations with both of you, I never got the sense that you guys weren't actually just wanting the other guy to see the light because of how much you wanted the other guy to succeed. Like I really felt like I've heard Dan and you and I have had so many conversations about Jay where all you want is Jay to be the best version of him he could be. Like I, I never don't know if it's like best felt, version. I think it's just I, I think there's I think you undervalue yourself no matter who you are. And I've always had huh. such a huge opinion of Jay yes. that he's that he's so funny. I mean he him and Atel I'm trying to think if there's anyone else in the city. Metzger. Metzger's great. But there's there's very Vecchione and and um I like watching Che. Those are the five guys I watch. And, and Norman, I like Nor- I like watching my friends, my close friends, Sam Morrill and Joe List. I like to see their bits. But Jay really is the only person where if, if I'm at a club and I'm outside, you know, hanging and they're like, Jay's on, I'm like, and I, I don't like because Jay does this thing where if he knows you're in the room, I'll be like, Soder, ah, what'd you think of this person? <laughs> and I hate that. So I'll hide and watch Jay because I enjoy watching Jay. That's what's so great about the two of you. And I've heard you talk uh, too about just wanting Dan to be do his thing. And you knew that together you guys would do something incredible. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, like I said, you know, we've even talked recently about stuff that, you know, things that could develop in Soder's like, life that I'm like, dude, I think, you know, if it pulls you away from a, a radio show forever, like, I'm like, you get it though, man. Like, it's like, you should like, it's meant to be then. You're supposed to move that in that direction. It's all forward progress. Yeah, well. If I, you're I, like, I'm going to try to become a professional golfer, so I'm leaving the radio <laughs> show, I'd be like, you're a dildo. Though if he, if he would wanted to go down to like Johnny Rod's school and learn to become a wrestler. Yeah, go to the power. Like if you really wanted to go to Atlanta and go to the power and like really do it, take bumps. Wouldn't you? I would. I think that secretly, like, have you thought about it ever? All, my all my yeah. entire life. Like if you like cause some guys it's would go to certain grueling. fantasy camp. Of my a little certain brother. Kind. My little brother went to a, uh, a wrestling. Yeah, camp Ring of Honor in Pennsylvania, right? Uh, maybe, but he whatever he went to, he went. He said he went for two days, and my little brother's in good shape. And he's little, and he could like you know he's probably very oh, he's it, very like, agile. Brutal? He just says two days. He goes. They just be. He goes. I just, I, he's, he's like. They say a lot of you won't be able to take this after two days. And he was like, and I was one of them. I just. I well, yeah. You read McFoley's. Uh, like, uh, when you read McFoley's book, when he, when he first went to Dominic Danucci's training yeah. thing, and like the first time didn't Dominic Danucci slapped him across. He was just like, you know what? Fuck this. Maybe I can. And I, that's exactly who I'd be. There's no. I know exactly. That's why I'm a comedian. What, what would happen? I would. I would take one bump wrong, and I'd be like. I'm just such a hypochondriac. You'd be like, "Hey, my neck feels weird," and like, "Yeah, brother, you got to deal with that. You got a you got a tag team match tonight." And I'm like, "I don't feel right. Can I sleep? Can I take a nap before my match?" You would. Uh, you'd be a really good heel though, because you'd come in as a face. Yeah, and then turn heel. You I'd would... be a good heel manager. Oh yeah. Maybe that's what I'm gonna do. Then we got to give you the the black beard with the blonde hair. Oh, <laughs> I love well, it. Um, Free birds. I, I, I got to say, thank you guys for coming in and doing this. I, you know, as you both know, I've watched each of you do stand up. Just. So many. I mean, I I yeah. can't I can't imagine how many sets of yours I've seen you do. Uh, yeah, you've seen and you've definitely watched me become a real comedian. Uh, that's for sure. And um and I look forward to it actually happening. Ah, and uh, still got it. Jesus. And and uh yeah, Jay. And you know, since when I was uh, first in the you know with Dan doing those open mics watching you, I just think the two of you are among the not only the funniest but the most interesting people to watch and ah, talk dude. to. I mean, that coming from a guy, Thank you, brother. You know, we we You've love always been super you. supportive, dude. Yeah, without a doubt. Hey, dude, you're the best. You're the guy I can always call and you know pick your brain about even about shit like what we talked about today. You're the guy that I call. 
Well, yeah, and it's I uh, I love um, the fact that like I'm in your life in that way, and, yeah. and have been, and uh, will continue to be. And uh, I'm so glad you're on Billions. Yeah, you're on a bunch of episodes of the show. Jay, bringing you an audition. Hope you're going to get the part. Trying. Feel good about it. Yeah. Want it to happen. If it doesn't happen, Jake, you're going to be another one. Fantastic actor. <laughs> Dan, you uh, my Xerox work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have, yes, I have, which is why you have to audition. Uh, yeah. All right, everybody. I, 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 wait, I, I can say, uh, yes. I, so well, I want to know, yeah, pit, what? Uh, right. No, it wasn't pitching anything. I was just going to say, well, I, I love Brian. We've sat and had like long talks before, too. It's like, yeah. It's, it's great that you run the podcast because interviewing you is going to be like, it's a thousand lives you've led. Oh, Dude, you, I that's swear my favorite God. thing in the world about talking to Brian. He's like, he's like, oh, that's when I was. Do you know uh, what I tour call? manager for Molly Crew. Uh, you know what? what? He, you know what he's I like, call? Well, I was seventeen. Do you know what I call him? And I've said this to his face. I call him the unretarded Forrest Gump. He's lived, <laughs> yeah. he's lived such That's an amazing. That's a great description. He's, he's got all. He's the smart Forrest Gump. You know that. Uh, you know Kennedy got shot actually uh, five more times. I took those bullets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. I was actually working at the book depository, and I'm like, why? What? How are you there? Yeah, yeah, right behind the grass. Hole. <laughs> yeah. The two of you guys have your show, The Bonfire, Mondays and Wednesdays, six to eight p.m. Comedy Central Radio, Sirius XM, ninety five all week. You are what? You got any gigs that anyone needs to know about? I'm not at the com- uh, not at the comedy yeah, strip. Not the comedy no, I'm actually going out on the uh, Oddball Festival tour. Oh, great! I'm gonna be starting that at the end of August through uh, the mid October, and then uh, how will you do the, sh- do the radio show remotely? No, nope. you bank them. The, the tours only you leave Thursday, come back. Oh, great! Or leave Friday, so, so you, you leave won't Friday miss the show. Back, won't miss the show at all. Yeah. So you're doing that. Any gigs that people know about for you? You said October, you're somewhere. October, I'm at uh, San Francisco Punchline. I'm at the Sacramento Punchline, and then I go to Boston, and then I'll be in Bloomington, and I'm I'm getting ready. I'm taping the special first week of November in Austin, Texas. And we it go- has been great having you on the set of Billions because I do, you know, I think Patrice said in that I think in the Jay Moore interview where he said. By the way, when people mention Patrice, talking about Patrice O'Neill, and if yeah, you don't know who Patrice was, there's these two interviews he did, one with Marin and one with Jay Moore. And the Jay Moore one is really incredible. Yeah. And I think it's when he talks about being a stand-up, you feel like you have a secret weapon when you go on a TV set, when you go on a show, because yeah. you have the ability to really sort of like uh, improv in just the right way and in just Inject the right moment. That, that was probably one of the coolest moments of my career that I haven't even been able to tell you, because it happened. But when we were, I didn't have a line in that scene in Billions. And then Neil, the director, was like, and you did it. You're like, hey, what are you going to say? And I said this thing, and you and Levine laughed. And then I'm on set, and I'm like, kind of like heckling a guy as he's walking away. And they're like, and they're like, more. What's another one? What's another one? And you're like, because I'm a comic. You're like, ah, oh, this is funny. Ah, oh, if I word it like this, I could say this. And they're like, yeah, do that again. Great. And you're like, oh man. And it's just like me being a comic, yeah. which is so. But thank no, you for that. That was a that great. Was, yeah, that's what I say. It was a great moment because I, Dave, and I knew that just having you there, yeah. in that role, that you know. We could write for you, and then we could also, most of the time, you know, you really don't want people to go off the script, but I know I can just say, like, Soder, what would you say here? And I also know that you're used to, um, you know, if I, like, that's not funny enough, you're like, oh, no problem, I'll go again. Yeah. Like, you're impervious. You're not going to feel bad if no, I'm like, I'm, I'm like that's no, not a good line. Okay, cool. Then I'll just come up with a yeah, funnier line. Yeah, come up with another line. Come up yeah. with another line, which is... Uh, uh, a really it's great quality, thing. That is a good it's quality. great. Yeah, and I, I think it's. Uh, it that's why fun. I really hope you get SNL, but <laughs> I also hope you don't, so that I you still do my show. I guess I guess I'm just like you, Jay. <laughs> yeah. In the end, we're all just like Big Jay Okerson. That is the lesson. We all need to keep soda a little more under thumb. Yeah, let's just stop this that's train. We've if we've learned anything, can we, we stop the train, Jay? Please. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, hey, see you next week. My email address is. I mean, who cares after this whole thing? If you're still listening, you know my email address. All right. Bye. Bye.